Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The Portland Trailblazers are on a downswing. We knew it would come eventually. They weren't going to be riding towards a 60-win season all season. But did it have to come this swift, this suddenly, and this deep? They lost four to five, three in a row. They're on an East Coast trip, heading back to Craig's neck of the woods, sort of. We're here to break it all down. I'm Aaron Fentress. This is the Blazer Focus Podcast, supported by ZoomCare, Beyond Better Healthcare. And I am joined... Once again, by Craig Bernbach, who ditched me last week for a family vacation. I was crushed to my soul, but at least tell me, Craig, you had fun. Yeah, it was a wedding. You know, my wife's cousin wedding. Hung out in Tucson. Okay, so you didn't have I fun. I did have fun, you know? I had to share a- <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. A, you know, we had to share a bed. We got, uh, we all rented a house, the family, so like a six bedroom. It was like a mansion, but it meant that my wife, myself, and my five-year-old all shared a bed. So I didn't get a lot of sleep, because ah. my boy likes to, oh, he likes no. to kick me in the ribs. Uh, was it one of those situations where you ended up with 18% of the bed, with half your body hanging off, and they had the rest of the bed, or what? That always happens At to me. At my size, 18% would be enough. You know, I'm not a huge man. <laughs> no, he just keeps moving over. And uh, the funny thing is my my son uh, said to me when um, he found out, like, you know, we're all going to have to share. And, it, you know, it was a king-size bed. It was big enough. Uh, but uh, he said, oh, I said, you know, we're going to have to all share a bed. So he goes, no, Dada, you're going to sleep on the floor. Mama and I will sleep in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> he was dead serious too so uh he was but, you know it was sunny uh you know 68 73 you know temperature so uh i don't i, I i've been in arizona quite a bit in my life uh the phoenix airport has not always been good to me it was fine this time around so uh you know you and i we've both been to scottsdale a couple times covering the ducks uh out there mm-hmm. um i always like it out there and then i'm always like we drove from phoenix to tucson and admittedly, I grew up in the New York City area. So whenever I see nothing, I'm like, there's nothing out here. There's nothing out here. But man, there's nothing out there in the desert. Like, <laughs> I'm like, don't there. get a flat. We'll die. We'll die. I, I cannot hunt my own food and I can't start a fire and there's no water. Uh, but we survived. And, you know, I told Thien, I said, all right, be good on the podcast, but not too good. Don't be too good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of... Uh, Sharing a bed with your parents, I you know, it's difficult to remember much from your early childhood, right? We forget probably 95% of things that went down when we were, you know, one through seven or whatever. But I'll never forget, I used to jump into my dad's bed, um, I have nightmares or whatever, just because. And for kids, it's always fun, like, to jump into your parents' bed or whatever. And I'll never forget, in the middle of the night, he wakes up, and he's like, what the? And I wake up, I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, you keep kicking me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And so I realized in that moment that it wasn't so much fun for my dad because I kept flopping around and doing whatever kids do. And I kept kicking and waking him up. And uh, I'll just never forget that moment. It was like this crushing moment where my dad's annoyed that I'm in bed with him. I'm keeping him up. I don't even know what I'm doing. Anyway. I make it, I make okay. it clear, but my son does not care. <laughs> he does not care. Uh, well... Let's transition to these Uh-oh. Blazers. Man, the last time we talked, high. we were breaking down how great they were killing it. Uh, we talked about my five observations from the, the trip where they went four and two. They were nine and three at one point, I think, before the Dallas loss. Riding high since then, lost four or five, three in a row. They've been whacked the last two times by Utah and uh, 
the Nets giving up 118 and 119, so the defense is getting smoked right now. Damian Lillard, Uh-oh. calf again. Well, actually, it's a little little thing below the calf. It's not technically the calf, but it's in that same area. One to two weeks for him. He might miss up to six games. Wow. Um, what do you think of where they are right now? And, uh, you know, is this sky is falling or is this, hey, it's just par for the course for a long NBA season? We knew they weren't going to win 75 games. It's definitely not <laughs> sky is falling, right? But it is right. sort of like you are what you are, maybe. And uh, maybe we got caught up early thinking they were more than they were, right? The, if you look at their pace right now at 10 and 7, you'd, you know, and you stretch that out, you're like, okay, they'll be right around in that anywhere between 40 and 50 win season, which is where 90% of people with, uh, you know, basketball IQ uh, put the Blazers to finish, right? No one's sitting there saying they're going to win mm-hmm. 55 games and above. It's whether, and no one really was saying they were going to lose less than 35, right? So they're right in that zone at 10 and 7. Uh, they're actually on pace for 48. Right, right but now, not if they lose tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Well, then the pace drops to like 45. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, that's where, what I'm saying, like between 40 and 50. But if they lose, right. you know, and then this road trip without Lillard, they could end up, you know, they could be 10 and 10 and still, you know, then win two and be right in that zone, right? Above a little bit right. better than 500 is what I'm saying. Um, and maybe that's who yeah. they are. And maybe we got convinced and spoiled that, you know, Grant was going to be an all-star because he was going to average 25 and shoot 55% from three. And that, you know, uh, that they were going to get the seventh pick was going to be the rookie of the year because my guy was going to raise up and just be fantastic. And, um, you know, and Sharp has uh, not been that sharp. We could talk about him. And the defense was – you know, you and your defensive analysis saying exactly where they're going to be to be better. Uh, well, they haven't been. Uh, so, and then the biggest factor is been Lillard. We said if Lillard plays like an MVP, this Blazers team can be really good. Well, you can't play like an MVP if you don't play. And he's missed a big chunk of the season already. And it's, you know, to me, it's uh, that part's concerning. And I know we'll get into the Lillard situation, but not the sky is falling, but it might be a little bit of a, a reality check uh, for everyone, including us, that got so giddy, you know, at the at the not. I the mean, nine three I, start. I, I, I was impressed, but I, I I wasn't like drink totally drinking the Kool Aid. I mean, because a lot of their losses were close losses that could have gone either way, and so whenever you're dealing with that kind of situation, you can say, well, they well, you know they're nine and three, but they could have very easily been. Six and six. And so you wonder if those things are going to even out. Even Billups talked about that. He talked about that when they were nine and three, nine and four. He said, We've had some buzzer beaters. You flip these around, our record doesn't look the same. Well, they lost a close game to Brooklyn. Uh, they, 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 uh, uh, Utah, yeah, the Utah game was close too until the, the very end. They were in the chest, had, had a chance to win that game. So they lost, sorry, to, to, to the Utah, sorry. Uh, so that's two close games they lost. Those, you know, games were they weren't able to pull them out, so to speak. So when you start balancing those out, your record's going to balance out. But at the end of the day, virtually everyone's dealing with this. So they're right now, as I'm looking at the stands before they play Cleveland, they're 10 and seven, one game out of first, but they're one also game. one game yeah, out of 10. It's crazy. Right. And that's, that's the West. And, Look at other teams who are surprisingly not so good. Golden State, people penciled them in for a repeat. They're eight and ten. Minnesota went out and got Gobert. They're nine and eight. The Grizzlies, John Morant's going bonkers. They're ten and eight. Dallas went to the West Finals last year. We saw them beat the Blazers the other night. They're only nine and seven. Denver got Jamal Murray back. They're ten and seven. The Pelicans with Zion and CJ. They're ten and seven. So it's like the entire conference is doing exactly what the Blazers are doing. And so no, they're not going to run away with the West, but they're also right there in the mix with everybody else. And Phoenix, which is in first, 11-6, the Blazers are 2-1 and one against them. So as far as I'm concerned, they're 10-7. and seven. It doesn't matter how they got here. This is a good place to be because they very easily could be 7-10. and 10. Yeah, and, and you look at point differential, and it's not a end-all, be-all, but it – it's something you could gauge. Good teams don't usually hover around the, uh, you know, even uh, or, or, and the Blazers are plus one for the entire season. They're plus one. So that right. just shows you that most of their games have been really close and that they haven't had that many blowouts and they haven't been blown out that much. Um, the Suns, on the other hand, who have lost to the Blazers, you know, twice are plus seven, you know, plus 7.3. 
And, you know, like the Celtics right. are 13 and four, they're plus six. Uh, the Cavs, by the right. way, tonight's opponent's plus seven and four, plus seven point four. Now, again, some of this has to do with in some games you lose one thirty to one hundred two, right? And some games you you know you win uh, one thirty to one hundred two, and that gets moved. But over the course of a season in a group of games, it could gauge uh, just how. Uh, you know, a little bit. It's something to look at. There's a reason why they put it as a statistic. So when I look at that, um, you know, it, it basically backs up what Billups is saying and what you're we're saying is that, hey, when when you're competitive, that's good, but you're not great. Um, so you're not dominating and there's no guaranteed wins. I mean, they're not, they're four and four at home, which is a bit concerning, you know, because you're not you're six and three on the road. But right now, we know that they're not going to have a winning record on this road trip. I mean, it's just not can't happen. So they're not that away record's going to go. So they need to do they need to play better at home because the atmosphere has been good. Um, but yeah, and I also would say when you look at the standings, there are some things that can't that are true today that can't be true. Like I just can't see the Jazz being two, second in the West. You know, I mean they, uh, I, I mean they they were really they beat the Blazers, but the Blazers aren't playing well. The Kings are ten and six; they're third, and we know that the Golden State Warriors are going to make the playoffs. I'm sorry, I'll say it right now. I'm guaranteeing it, unless major injuries <laughs> to Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and you know one other, the Warriors are going to make the playoffs, and they're eight and ten. Um, so things will shift somewhere. Uh, and I believe the Blazers are going to end up right there in that six to 10 spot. You know, I mean, I think, and that's where, you know, they are, um, unless they can shift back to where they were. And if Damian Lillard is going to play and play like Damian Lillard, because even the games he's played, his stats aren't terrible, right? I mean, he's still averaging a lot of points. He's shooting 42%. He's not ever been a great shooter, right? Uh, but He's usually around in his good, in his good years. He's forty six right. or so. So forty two is bad, and he's not shooting well from three. But okay, but a lot of that is these past two games. He had he had a stretch where he was really bad. Yeah. These past two games prior to that, because he's he probably because he's hurt. Uh, I'm just saying the cap. I mean, the cap. He took a game I'm off. Not. He he was out. He came back. Took a game off for maintenance. Came back, and now he's out. I mean. It took four games off. Four games. No, no, that was when he was injured, back. but then he had a maintenance, maintenance day for the calf, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Four days oh, off four day, and yeah. a maintenance yeah. day. You, you said it. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, it didn't heal. And I don't, yeah, them saying that it's a. No, it healed. It healed. They're saying it's a different muscle now. It healed. Maybe. Right. Maybe. No, it, it is. I'm it's just saying. We're not going to do conspiracy We're not going to do conspiracy his, theories. His, his here. calf area is, is not 100%. And you'll never know from Damian Lillard just how much it bothers him, because you know he basically played with his you know his lower abdomen being ripped to shreds for five years, and he only complained about it for a short period of time. Um, I'm just worried. I mean, I you know, well, let's just go to it. I mean, he's going to be reevaluated in one to two weeks, right? Is that where we're at with this? Yeah, one to two weeks. So five to seven. Wait, this happened Saturday. So it's already been four days, so three to eleven days. Yeah, and three to ten days. I mean, he's and last time he missed twelve days, and I would say he's going to miss more. It's a guess, but like when you, I know it's not the same muscle, and I'm not a doctor, and I don't know, and I haven't seen the MRI, and even if you showed me the MRI, I wouldn't know what the heck it means. I, I, but you be around athletes for long enough, when they get hurt once and they come back and get hurt again. Usually the second time out, they're more conservative. Fair? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, so I, there's a, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that he he said it wasn't as bad as the right. first time. He said he could have played through it again. If it was playoffs, he could have played through it. They're being, they're being cautious. I don't think this is a severe injury. I don't think this is something that is necessarily even going to pop up again. It's a different injury than the last one. Now, they are close to each other, so you could say there's some uh, linkage there. But I'm just not viewing it as, oh, my God, he's you know about to break down. This is going to be a thing all season. We'll see. I could be wrong, but I'm not overly concerned. I'm just saying that either it's overcompensation <laughs> or that – You're just saying. Right? That the one muscle was hurting, so somehow his body was able to put more you know stress on the other one. Um, 
I just saying we're we're at game 17 and he's about to miss time for the second time. That's not great, right? I mean, that's not great. That's not right, what you want. And he's this is year one of that contract. So uh and <laughs> whether or not he no, it's not year one of well, that contract. He was already I, in you know, the middle. I'm just saying of year one contract. since you extended. It's not what you want. Like there's no way around it. I'm not saying. Look, Damian Lillard is tough. Okay, as, it's tough as nails. He's going to play okay. if he can play. But he everyone. They, it's an injury to his lower leg, and he's now going to be out for a month already. You know, combined a month. No, if you combine the two stints, that's a month of time that he's missed. Because he's probably going to be out two weeks, and he missed two weeks, right? He missed 12 days the first time. If he misses 12 days, that would be three, three and a half right. weeks. And if he misses, you know, two and a half. I'm just saying that. I, okay, we're, we're on different ends of the spectrum. I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about this. I think these things happen. I think they happen often to a lot of different guys. The NBA players, stars these days aren't playing 82 games. A lot of them are even targeting just playing 65 to maybe 70 Uh yeah, well, that'll be his target. It's not like he, <laughs> it's not like he went to the ground. Gra- yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that's, he's not. That's, but that's the new he's normal. probably gonna play. You know, if you do get to a place where you want to rest him and stuff, he's gonna be closer to 50. You know, depending on where this yeah. goes. Now he got lucky last time, or I don't want to say lucky, but the the Blazers were lucky in the sense that they had this weird time off, right, where he didn't miss a ton of games. Four days yeah, off. Not he missed four. Not games. is it not the case here? So. um I mean, there's no argument. Yeah, I, I hope missed, he's fine. He I hope he comes back and and doesn't get hurt again. I'm just saying the Blazers to be, you know, a top five or six seed are going to need a healthy Damian Lillard playing at an elite level. I mean, we've we've already agreed to that in the beginning of the season, and nothing has changed. Um, I don't like seeing him coming back from an injury and then go back out with a similar injury. And it and you could say right. no big deal, and you could be proven right, and I hope that's true. But at this point in time, he's out for this road trip, and that's going to be tough on them. They are seven and two when he starts and finishes the game. Three and three when he does not play at all, and zero oh and two in the two games he got injured in. Those were both at home, which skews his skews their four and four home record a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, clearly, clearly they need him. Uh, I, I'm not going to become worried unless it looks like he's going to miss 20 games. Uh, so. You know, if he misses all six of these, that puts him at eleven and one by choice. So yeah, that that would be on pace to exceed twenty. But the choice was because the the leg hurt. <laughs> no, but no, it didn't hurt. Well, may, but because he had hurt. a leg they, that they, hurt in the past, not because. Well, yeah, it's because yeah. they didn't they, they didn't want him to come back. Well, you don't know. On a Monday, and we don't really know. We don't really know. We don't know what. We don't know. You when. don't know if the calf wasn't bothering him, so that's why they sat him out. Well, you don't know if I know. Was. I just said we don't know. <laughs> okay, so I'm just so I'm just repeating what they said. They said he said he was fine. He was pissed. They they said they they didn't want him to play a back to back in three and four days. They didn't yeah. think that. He was also smart. said he didn't need an MRI, and he's had two. So like he is who he is. When he doesn't. No, he, he doesn't want any of this stuff. When did he say that? Huh? After the game, you that? talked he, to him after the first injury. He said he was. He said he hadn't had one. He didn't and say he didn't need one. He hadn't had one yet. I remember. He said he didn't need one? Or he didn't think he was going to have one. He didn't think it was of concern. Mm, that's not how I remember well, it. I'll have to look I, back I, on I your, he, uh, hadn't your had, he said he hadn't had one yet. Well, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was in the locker room right after the game. So that would have been. I'm just saying, you can't trust well, the player. La- and you- Craig, stop. Stop. This last time, he had the MRI before he talked to us. This. You're, you're, you're searching for conspiracy theories, not let me tell the tale. So the first time we talked to him, he said he hadn't had an MRI yet. Then he did have one. This time he said, I had an MRI, no results yet. No, no. I thought, so, uh, you're right. Maybe I was right. You were there. I thought I read that he didn't, th- when asked about the injury, he didn't think he didn't, needed an MRI. But you're. Okay. I don't remember that. If that's what he said, fine. I don't remember him saying that. He could have, but I, I, I think they're always going to give him an MRI. I mean, they, they, they sat him out. They took him out and said, no, you're done. Because he said he probably would have gone back in in this past time, too. He's like, I probably would have gone back in, but I got to listen to these guys and, and do what they say. So, but I, I you know, I, I, it's, you know, I, I choose to just let them say what they want to say and report that. And then if we want to play, conspiracy I, I, I don't theory, want to play can, conspiracy theory. I don't mean to say that I don't trust them. Yeah, you no, do. I'm just saying I never, I don't <laughs> trust the athlete when they talk about their health. In, in general, they're way more okay. positive. And they and they 
Uh, and when they're when they're people like Damian Lillard, who has played with, you know, severe pain and injury, um, I trust that he wants to play. Uh, but they're sitting him out again, so that that's the concerning part. And I hope he's fine. I hope in in ten days he comes back, and we never talk about the the calf again. <laughs> you know, that's the that's the hope, yeah. and that will make them a much better team. Uh, but if he continues to miss right. games because the West is so tight, at the end of the year, I think every game is going to matter. I think you're going to there'll probably be one one or two game difference between the team that uh, you know is sixth and a team that's in the got to play in the play-in. You know what I mean? Like that's how tight this right. conference is. So while you say I don't worry about games in November or I don't you know or October, well they all they all add up to one. You know every game in the end matters in the standings. So if you end up in the play-in because you lost two more games that Damian Lillard didn't play in, um, it matters. And this road trip. They're at a disadvantage without him, and it's going to be hard to win in Cleveland tonight, right? It was, it was, darn near impossible to beat the Bucks, um, you know, w- without him. Um, and I don't think anyone thought they were going to beat the Bucks without him. With him, you got a chance, and that's the that's the only thing I'm saying is injuries now or injuries later. Um, these standings are going to be packed like this at the end of the year. This is what the NBA wants, right? That's why they created this whole thing where there's a line after ten and a line after six. Now, right? We used to have like an eight, <laughs> you know, and you kind of knew where you're at. But this is the whole thing, and making these games matter. So, um, no one believes in Damian Lillard more than me. Well, maybe you know his family believes in him more than me. I, he believes himself. I mean, I, I, I I'm not a you know me. I'm not a Lillard doubter or a Lillard hater or anything like that. I'm just worried about him not being able to play. That's it. Yeah, and that's a legit concern. Also, a big concern the entire season has been turnovers, but lately the defense has been a little suspect. Now, granted, Utah, Milwaukee, two really good teams, two good offensive teams. How um, weird is that? Utah's yeah, a good Cleveland. offensive team. Like what, <laughs> dude? I can't. I thought Utah was tanking. I know they. Were I thought Utah to. was tanking, and, and now Lowry marketing is Dirk Nowitzki, which is what he was supposed to be when my Bulls drafted him. I'm so you have no idea how distressed I am watching this guy just crush it. It and he's crushing it like he's he, one of the knocks against him in Chicago is that he was soft. Yeah, he's, and he's out there getting right. offensive rebounds, just going over people, muscling for boards, putting them like it's like, who is this guy? He completely has changed and morphed into this potential all-star. And it's stressing me out. Anyway, good for the Jazz. You know, Danny Ainge, executive of the year, if they make the playoffs with what he did. He gave or he gets Mitchell or he gets and, fired. And go bear. <laughs> yeah, for right, not tanking, right, like, right? This wasn't the plan. <laughs> you, you promised us. <laughs> we were us supposed to tank. tank. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, so the turnovers have been a problem. <clears throat> there was a stretch there where they like, seemed to fix it for a minute, and then they came back. Uh, you know, they've talked a lot about still getting to know each other, uh, people not being in their spots when they're supposed to be, or not trusting other people to be in their spots and being hesitant with passes. And if you hesitate, that's when a guy's going to jump and, and tip it or, or pick it. You have to, just like a quarterback, you can't hesitate. You got to anticipate and get rid of the ball, lead your guy, et cetera, et cetera. They're having those same problems. Uh, there was one game where they started out, I think it was a I think it was Brooklyn where they they did they only had six turnovers in the first half and then eight and a quarter. It's the <laughs> maybe it's, it's the I can't remember. It was one of those games and it was just bizarre. So they obviously have to. It's the that. uniforms, man. It's those PDX uniforms, man. That's got to be. You know, it might be. I can't see them. They keep changing the uniforms, man. <laughs> and then the other, you know, the defense. I mean, you're gonna have you're gonna have off nights defensively, and when you're turning the ball over and giving the other team 25 points or what have you. Off of turnovers, that obviously, you know, that's not on your defense really, but you're giving up those points. So those t- those things go hand in hand. Yeah, and and you've said it all year. That's going to make or break where they are. And if they, you have, you know, you did excellent prep for this uh, podcast as you always do. Uh, they're own four. The Blazers are own four, and they give up 112 points or more. I mean, like you've got it down to a like just <laughs> that simple. Like if they, if if their defense is suspect, they're a suspect team. And their defense, uh, you know, for that stretch was really, really good. Um, and with Dame out, that shouldn't necessarily be affected that way. Um, but um, it's kind of weird when you – because even when they're um, giving up these points, there's still moments in these games because they have guys like Hart and, and Grant and even Eubanks at times where there's moments – 
where they play decent defense in every game, which hasn't always been the case, right? Um, so right. there's moments where you're like, okay, they're going to be okay. Uh, and sometimes you're like, oh, no, that was just a great individual effort. They're still not getting out on the three. And, oh, my gosh, that guy's living in the paint. Like, oh, goodness gracious, Markkanen's got a layup. Oh, he's got a dunk. Oh, Giannis just dunked again. Who's that? I don't know who that is, but he just dunked again, you know. Um, <laughs> so clearly they have to tighten that up or they're going to struggle. Um and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a crazy curveball here because we're talking here. And while we're doing this, I I'm gonna just discuss the most frustrating thing that I have with the Blazers. Okay. Yusuf Nurkic. And I I say this because you look at his numbers, Aaron, and they're good, like as far as points per game and rebounds. Even his shooting percentage, it's not great, but it is over fifty one percent now. So we can't even go like before when it was like what 40 but i'm like i don't feel that sometimes you know what i mean i'm not feeling that that 17 uh, and i mean that 13 you know that 14 and and 10 uh is enough like what am i missing right. here like what what is it that's causing me this this angst and am i alone in that feeling or do you feel it with me no, I, I I still think I've always felt like people want Nurkic to be <clears throat> a dominant big man, and he's just not that. If you're running your team through him and trying to get him to get 25 and 12, you're going to be below 500, I believe. He is the fourth option on this team, so his stats shouldn't be gaudy. But if he's giving you double-digit div- rebounds and he's a plus defender, which uh, I'm, I'm checking my, right here to make sure he still is, he's fallen off, actually. Yeah, he, he, he was plus and He's not like blocking five. any now shots. He's plus. He's plus Point seven right now, so he's kind of falling off on five thirty eight sports. Um, but if he's giving you good defense and he's a big body and he's a good passer, which he is as from a, the big man position, he's giving you double digit rebounds. And what else do you want from the guy? He's setting screens, setting picks, he's hitting threes, he's shooting fifty percent from three, isn't he? Yeah, he should <laughs> uh, something like that. But anyway, I was dreaming about that thinking. So I just more. don't even. He's shooting like forty seven percent. Yeah, I I just yeah. So I don't even like worry about Nurkic as, as long as he's playing defense. I, I don't think he's he's a role player. He he's being paid seventeen, eighteen million dollars, which is role player money. Yeah. It's not superstar money. And if you want him to put up yeah. the stats that people want him to put up, then he should be making forty million a year. And he's not because he's not that guy. Right. So basically, I have to come to the word. conclusion, which I've always been the, I've been you. Like I've always told people, like, hey, he is what he is, right? And and in the NBA, um. That's what you want from your big man who's not a star is you want him to rebound, play defense, and uh, score at the rim. And if he can shoot a little, it's a bonus. If he can shoot a lot, he's an MVP. So he's so he's not he's not he's not very good. He's not very bad. He's okay. He's okay, right? Like that's it. He's no, he, well, no he's okay. He's above average. I'm just saying, he's like, good. yeah, he's okay. He's not, he's good in his role, right? And that. He's good it just seems role. like a lot of times, uh, and it doesn't. There are times where I think they're better without him. You know, when Winslow comes in, in certain situations they are right. Yeah, in certain situations they are. I just wonder if it's all the situations sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's probably not true. I'm admitting know, it. I like I, I just, I think it, there's a <laughs> moment when when things go bad. It seems that there'd been more Nurkic on the court when things go bad. Um, and it is because we focus, because there's other guys on the court at the same time, right? But I think my eyes go to that. Go, oh goodness, oh he missed a layup, or that guy, you know, they're guys living in the paint, or um, so I think it is a, it's a bias uh, that Nurkic is. That's you know, it often happens. It's the curse of being really tall. I wouldn't know what that's like, but I think it's the curse of being the biggest guy on the court. Sometimes <laughs> is that you're near the rim, and when mistakes happen on the defensive end, often they're at the rim. Um, and when you know the offense goes awry, uh, or or you're frustrated with it, it's awesome because there's misses at the rim, and that's where he's there. All right. I took us off track. I'm sorry. I'm just he was staring well, at me, and it was no, no, you didn't. No, no, this is <laughs> I was staring at you. No, he his face. I got a thing on the thing. Oh. I'm like he's staring at me. He oh, wants me okay. to talk like, about it, and I just went. So, so here's the thing with him, and this is this is one of the reasons why he isn't what people want him to be. He doesn't have great touch around the basket. No, he does not. <laughs> You're, right. Okay, so think about that, though, because yeah. 
So I'm looking at his numbers right now. In less less than five feet, he's at 56%. It's not great. That's not great. It's not good. great. <laughs> it's not great. Because okay. many of those could be dogs. Five to right, five to nine feet, he's 39.1%. Okay. So the the that's the problem. He's just not, you know, the great the great scorers of all time, big men scorers were automatic inside certain distances. Kareem, Olajuwon, David Robinson, Shaq. Yeah, Giannis. On and on and on. Giannis, yeah. I mean, Jokic, those guys aren't missing inside. Nurkic has a couple times a game where he just misses shots, and you're like, how did he miss that? Well, he missed that because he's not blessed with amazing talent around the rim. And so if he had that, well, he'd be shooting a much higher percentage, and he'd average 20 points just by being there. Now, now, now I'm looking at uh, <clears throat> Anthony Davis, 71% inside five feet. We just said Nurkic was 50-something. <laughs> right? that's, that's what you should look like. He's 39%. Nurkic is from five to nine feet. Davis is 46.5, which to me, I don't think is all that great either, but that's, way, that's still better. So there's an example of you know Anthony Davis went healthy as an elite big man. And Nurkic, when healthy, is not. Yeah. He's good, though. And like Giannis is at 75%. Yeah. You're not missing. I mean, it's... That's a big difference. That's 25% difference. I'm going to say it. Right. I mean, same amount of shots right, that but puts you, him it, up to, you know, eight, you know eight, 18 to 20 a game. Right. And it's a definite skill. Like, you, you know... It's not like, oh, he's so tall, he's so well, yeah, he's big and he's tall and the basket's right there. But still to be under duress and have another seven footer on you and then turn and, and throw it off the glass or have the touch to do that, that's that's a talent. It's not something just because you're seven feet tall doesn't mean you're great at that. Right. And the you know, there's there's people right now who are si who are six feet who are amazing at it, but they're six feet. So they're not gonna play center. Right. So it's sometimes your talent doesn't match your your, your size. And he doesn't have the explosiveness be to be able to, to dunk everything. Like he did for that brief period of time before his, you know, you know, uh, right. He's not going in as being the beast and yeah. just slamming down on people, which frustrates people. And, he, and instead, he's trying to, you know, do these finesse shots, and he's not very deft at them. He's just not. And so I just accept him for what he is. Like, no, nope, I got to do give that. Give me the double double. I be do a big it. body. Be a big body, yep. and let's just play around you. And, and plus, he's a good passer. Like people can't ignore that. He, play, he makes smart plays with the ball usually. So. Yeah, and some of it, you know, and this is just anyway. true. This is going to sound like a joke, but it's not. Some of it is his facial expressions and his uh, body uh, language when things go wrong. Yes. So, oh yeah. So you draw attention to it because he's holding his face again, or he's looking at the ref when he missed the layup, and or you know he's you know or. And that's just who he is. He's an expressive person, and um, so I, while it seems like I'm, I'm joking. I'm not. Like you, you draw attention to yourself when you are, you know, you have very expressive body language, and and the camera's always going to him with his eyes wide, right, and looking at the ref, and and uh, so and you know he he, in general, he's a he's a really good shooter for his size. He's got good you know form. Uh, last year he was an excellent free throw shooter. You know, we hope again this year he'll be an excellent free throw shooter. Um, but yep, no, I think I have to. I sadly have to take the advice of uh, which used to be my own advice, but I have to take the advice from Fentress and just he is what he is. Accept it, and and if you you can't have these expectations that he's not he's going to suddenly be a different player tomorrow because you want him to. Okay, we have another player who's wildly inconsistent to discuss. <laughs> but he's supposed to be. <laughs> Shaden yeah. Sharp, the roller coaster that is Shaden Sharp. Um, you know, he, he's had some amazing moments. And part of that, yes, he's been spectacular. But part of that is also the newness. Like, it's like he's new. So when he does something, it's like, oh, my God. And so I liken it to, like, the rookie quarterback in his first preseason game drops back and throws a curl route. And everyone goes, oh, my God, it just is amazing. No, he threw a curl route, something he's thrown since he was 10. Um, same thing here. Like he, he's hitting shots. He's looking good. But at the end of the day, like, it's just – I mean, if he didn't think he could do the things he's done, he shouldn't have been the seventh pick in the draft. He's athletic. We all like that. But the problem is he's still learning how to play basketball at this level. And Chauncey's talked about that numerous times. Like, pe people asked him 
or Jason Quick asked him after the game, he had 20 points against San Antonio. Like, okay, so how do you decide to leave when to leave him in, when to take him out? And some people emailed me and people on Twitter were like, why is he, why is he not in the game? Look what he's doing. And Chauncey explained that, look, he's making a lot of mistakes. He's costing us possessions because he doesn't know what to do. And no one notices that necessarily because you don't know what the plays are. You don't know what happened exactly. You just know that. You know, he jumped up and position you know, didn't. You know, almost hit his head on the rim. That's what you know. And you're like, oh, <laughs> right. And exactly. he did a step back three and exactly. he's 19. You're like, that's amazing. Exactly. He could score 50 if they just get him the ball, you know? Uh, <laughs> right. Exactly. He could be carried. Right. So then he, then he comes in the next two games against Brooklyn and Utah. No, I'm sorry. I guess these last two games, Utah and uh, the Bucks. He goes a combined three of 17 from the field in 49 minutes. So he's starting because Lillard's out. And this goes back to your wide hearse to have Lillard out, right? Because now you got a 19-year-old kid starting. And he's combined three of 17 for six points and 49 minutes of action. And you know what else they have? You know so, what else they have in the NBA, Fentress? Uh, they have really good coaches right. and scouts. <laughs> You know, and they look at they look at right. tape and they say, "Okay, don't let him go there." You know, or make him do this, and he's uncomfortable. And oh, right, this guy can't play defense. He doesn't know what he's him. doing. So just right. do this, and exactly. you'll get a layup. And that's what this league, all professional sports are. It, they get people that get paid a lot of money to find how to make a nineteen-year-old rookie look bad. That's their gig. That's their job. <laughs> and then there are NBA players that had never seen him before, and they might have even been told what to do, but they don't learn it until they see it, right? Or they get told by someone else, right? Um, they don't take it seriously yes. until it happens. And then, or you know, they watch games. Right. They're you know, they watch. They they have the NBA ticket. You know, what I mean, they watch the games. Do they? <laughs> do you think they get it for free? They should, right? But I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but they're not making afford it, right? You know, they can get the package. Uh, right, exactly. Would, you, would that be hilarious if all if all players in their paycheck well, NBA league pass ninety nine dollars <laughs> deduction? <laughs> and the player's like, wait a minute, my check's only two point nine million nine hundred thirty eight thousand four. Where's my ninety nine dollars? Damn yeah, it! I'm using my I'm using my dad's. <laughs> My dad's login. I don't need this. <laughs> yeah, I got my dad's login. I'll give him my money back, bro. Shaden's like my old babysitter gave me her number. I've been using that <laughs> since I was, you know. The whole Blazer locker room sharing their codes and stuff. But there's a block, three devices per code. Damn it. Rookies. Rookies get Damn, You should pay for the whole team. I'm not paying for y'all. Damn's like, I'm not paying for you guys. I got three kids at home. But you know, to me, this you know, I love it. seriously, it's just this is what you you can't have these expectations, right? For uh, just you got say, similar to the talk about Nurkic, except for the potential for this guy to be uh, a superstar is there. It's just not there today. And if you don't realize that, and if you don't know that other people know more than you as a fan, or even like. Uh, a person covering the team every day, then you have a problem because you're, you don't know what, what, what Chauncey Billups knows and his assistants know. Right. So there's a reason exactly. why he, exactly. he can't be on the court for, for that many minutes. Now there's a place for certain players that even when they come in the league at 19 and dominate, um, I mean, LeBron was probably making mistakes as a, you know, 18 year old rookie. It's just that his, his overall, you know, genius of doing everything else is like, yeah, he gave up like 22 points on the other end that he, if he learns, he might know, but he scored 46. So we're good, you know? Uh, and that's kind of what right. Chauncey has to do as well, right? If the guy's on fire and if he scores 20 and the mistakes cost you 14, you're plus six. But when you play 27 minutes and uh, you score two and you turn the ball over three times, um, and you have only two assists, yeah, you can't – you're hurting your team, not helping your team. Um, and when Dame's out, there's more pressure on him to to produce. And right now, the way that he can produce and he knows it is on the offensive end, really. And that's a lot of pressure for a 19-year-old kid who hadn't played in a long time. And he's probably tired some nights. Name me a 19 – You know, he's probably tired. Name me a 19-year-old in – Right. Name me a 19-year-old in history in NBA who had a major impact. <clears throat> on winning. Well, I mean, LeBron, <laughs> he was under that. What'd they win? You know, but even Kobe in what'd his first win? year wasn't very good. What'd they win? Um, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What they what they win? Oh well, yeah. LeBron didn't win anything. I think yeah. they barely made the playoffs, yeah. right? Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, if LeBron's the only one we can come up with, because <laughs> well, a lot of the greatest players also weren't in the NBA at 19. Jordan played, you know, three years of college. Uh, you know, Kareem played four. So you eliminate a lot of guys right there. But the bottom line is, yeah, I mean, he he's he's a role player to me. He's 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 a role player who can fill it up, and he he's only starting because he was a seventh pick. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't start him personally. I would start. Uh, Winslow or Nasir and bring Shaden off the bench to play in this, with the second unit and provide a lot of scoring. Yeah, to me, again, uh, when anyway. I get into starting, it's like, what? how many minutes do you expect to play the guy? And if you want to... I, I kind of understand that if you're going to play him uh, between 15 and you know 25 minutes a game, like um, which is kind of what they've been doing, then if there's an opportunity to start him because of this, I get... Um, for the future of his career, why starting is not a bad idea, right? Like getting him to understand uh, it's probably a confidence builder at 19. That's another thing that we we don't often – we talk about 19 and we just say it, but the, the brain at 19, man, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot going on. This is a 19-year-old kid that is now traveling with grown men in the NBA and doing grown, you know – men's stuff and he is a kid and he does not know he, he didn't even travel really with the college team you know what i mean like this is this guy is yep. learning so much and he is you know you you've asked him about what was it like to guard kevin durant you know he was like oh it was amazing you know of course it was amazing <laughs> of course he's guarding kevin durant kevin durant is you know to him old as hell you know what I mean? Like, right. he's like a Kevin Durant. Like, he, he could be my dad. You know what I mean? Like, he's not that old. But you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, and, and he's been. Anyone out there who knows teenagers or has teenagers, Shane Sharp's no different than your teenager. He just happens to be really, really and good rich. At basketball. But he is a kid. <laughs> and rich. Oh, yeah, rich. But he's still, he's just yeah. a kid. So, yeah. So I'll say this your point about, and a lot of people make this point too, sharp, stardom, give him the experience. But if you're trying to. Like, let's put it this way. If they were playing a playoff series right now and Lillard were out, I don't think Sharp, Sharp starts. Yeah. I, I, He'd be a complete liability. I agree. And I think you would start. I, I think if the Blazers yeah. as a franchise uh, thought they were playing for the one or the two seed, they wouldn't do it. You know, there's some of that that I think is – there is reality to where they think they are as well, right? Um, well, I think it's experimental. I think if, yeah. if he continues to struggle like this and they he's won't. a liability and they're losing games, I think they're going to make a decision. And say, well, we can't, you know, we can't have him. Out and Bill, Bill right said it's your. And they're not playing him at the end. And they're not playing him at the yeah, end of the game. He'll earn his minutes. He's coming out. That's what Billups told you. That's right. what we know will happen. He'll earn his minutes. He earned some minutes, man, in his in in the moments that he's shown. And I'm just glad he's playing. You know, like because th- there was a a place when you get drafted seventh overall and you don't even know, right? Like, are they going to find a place for him? Is he going to get in the rotation? I just want him to stay in that rotation and continue to succeed because I, I like seeing the special moments and and having these visions of what could be, right? I mean, that's that's fun. Um, I I like, you know, there, there are guys you like to – I love watching Hart play because of what he does, you know. Mm. But Hart on the fast break – Stops, gets the guy to jump on the up fake, and it makes the old man layup. Right? Like I have, I, I like it, but I'm like, it's called the burn box, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, I missed that layup. Come on, man. But uh, you know what I'm saying? Like that's how sh- he he's a smart IQ out the, and it's not like he's not a great athlete, but that's what he does. Sharp jumps up, and you're like, switches hands, dunks, and you're just like, wow. Like we have not. That is not something every guy on this court can do. And these are the best players in the world. And so that's why I like seeing it. I mean, I love watching, you know, Hart get 10 rebounds a game, at, you know, his size and, and just out hustling. Um, but athleticism can bring you moments uh, that you remember forever. I mean, we all remember Michael Jordan switching from the right hand, going to the left hand layup. Didn't have to do it, by the way. Could have just made it with the right hand. No one was there. But it was a special moment that we all remember. He didn't know. A.C. <laughs> Green was in the vicinity and then A.C. Green changed his trajectory. You stopped that. I just say like those, the reason why we we talk about, you know, uh, Michael the way we do is because of athletically the things that he did, especially at a time when others weren't doing it. Clyde Drexler, you know, those right. dunks are amazing. Like, there's Damian Lillard is a is a Hall of Fame player and going to be the best you know I I don't want to get in the argument best player in franchise history um, 
And his special moments are threes in clutch time, right? And those are special because the buzzer goes off and everyone jumps around. But uh, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> but Clyde Drexler, the, the visions of Clyde Drexler everyone jumps around. running and, you know, gliding in for those dunks are special. Like, and Sharp can provide that. And who am I? We need to have that debate sometime. Greatest player ever. That's I, it's debate. a hard one. And I don't, I, I, I almost, I'm not, I'm never. Is it really that hard? <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't think it's that I mean we can have it. I, I wonder where you're where you're going with that. We're not gonna have it now. We're, We're not, not gonna have it now. I just don't he's think it's that it hard. I don't even know. We might be on the same side. That's what's nuts with Fentress. You never know. Like I he's, know. you know, we might be even you together. Don't. But, you don't. Uh, oh, you're talking about greatest player ever, right. ever. Like where you're Michael Jordan. No, not even close. Or are we talking Blazers? No, no, no. I'm talking about no, no. I'm talking about uh, okay, Blazers. Well, I'd love to have it. I have to figure out my stance. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do, yeah, you figure it. You think about it, because I, I have, I have a, uh, I don't think it's that unique, but I have, I have, a, I have my specific. I've thought about this a lot and talked about this a lot. I have very uh, specific feelings about this, but um, anyway, we can talk about that another time. <clears throat> Anything else to go over? So they got Cleveland tonight. Uh, when this goes off, um, I'm I'm picking them to lose. Cleveland's offense is just too good. I think they're second in the NBA in three point shooting. Uh, God, Donovan he'd look Mitchell, good in, Darius, in, a, in a, a different orange uniform. <laughs> uh, Donovan Mitchell's back. So Donovan Mitchell and Garland are doing what you would want Dame and Ant to be doing, but Dame's out. Uh, so yeah, I think I think the Blazers are in trouble tonight. And then the Knicks, I think that's going to be winnable. Sorry. No, it's winnable. We don't know uh, what we are. Then, the Knicks don't know what they and are. And then the Nets, dude, the Nets just, I'm so embarrassed for Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons, especially Ben Simmons. You went back to Philadelphia. You were doing some flexing here and there in that game, Ben Simmons, and you lost to the 76ers who didn't have Harden, Embiid, or Maxi, And you had Ben Simmons, Durant, and Kyrie. That's embarrassing. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, it's kind of weird. I used to love Durant and uh, I still obviously expect his game. Kyrie, having been grown up in New Jersey, I had this strong, strong, strong like tie. Uh, obviously, for obvious, I don't like Kyrie right now uh, very much, uh, right. <laughs> and uh, I've never been a Nets fan because I'm a Knicks fan. So uh, I've never, you know, I went to Nets games growing up because you could get tickets for like five bucks and sit anywhere you want in the Brendan Byrne Arena because, and I couldn't afford Knicks games, uh, so we would often. You know, just go out there and I, I'm not going to lie. There were times we didn't have any money and we just sit out there and people give us tickets because <laughs> no one wanted Because, you know, they'd come and be like, I got four. I could only get two people. <laughs> Here, you guys want them? And you can sit wherever you wanted. Cause, I used to do that yeah, too. Was, I did uh, that too when I was a kid at the, at the college. So, like, the, you know, I, I never hated the Nets per se. But when they moved to Brooklyn, suddenly I did because, like, whoa, the New York team is the Knicks and uh, back off. You know, like back off. <laughs> <You guys are, laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, but you know, I have a lot of friends that uh, uh, you know move are now Brooklyn. They live in Brooklyn. They become Nets fans, and uh, I root against them now. I just root against them, and especially now, uh, I don't want them to win. So I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, but as far as the Blazers and the Knicks, I mean, the Knicks are an up and down team like crazy. They're nine and nine for a reason. They win huge road games. You're like, oh, they're great. And then they, you know. And they stink up the place and 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 lose, uh, but I think that's about what they are. I think the you know the Knicks are, you know, hopefully a little bit better than a 500 team. So there might be some postseason action there, um, but you know they're not a championship level team right now, and um, they need guys to step up and do stuff. But you know Brunson's good. You know that was good. We got a point guard for the first time in like you know since Mark Jackson. So we'll you know take that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm 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 worried about the you know the Blazers just basically ending up ten and ten, um, hoping that Lillard's going to come back, and then you're then you're now you're fighting up rather than that. that that's the hard right. part. Once you start fighting up, you're losing your cushion. Yeah, you're losing that padding yeah. you built. So yeah, for me, I just get one of these next three. Come back, you know, come back eleven and nine, regroup. From there, get Dame back, and then uh, you know because they're going to have a four or five game win streak at yeah. some point. You know, just I don't, you don't want to have it climbing out of being under five hundred. You want to still be over five hundred with that. When that especially happens. when you're nine and three so. and you're feeling so good, right? I mean, there's right. Uh, the one thing I will say, and you know better than me from being in the locker room, but this is a group of guys that I, heart even down fifteen hearts like we're learning. 
<laughs> you know, he's like, we're not closing. I'm going to get this ball. I don't care. And Grant is a, you know, they just, they do have players. Um, that attitude matters. Um, it attitude can't overcome talent all the time, but it certainly can help keep um, the talent moving in the right direction. Right? You don't let the rookie Sharp get his head down because Hart's gonna, you know, he's gonna crush your soul if you do that. So I, I do feel that they have the Billups, what Billups wanted and was talking about. Like you can see that with this team, even in losses. Right? They didn't. We were talking about before we you know started the podcast about the Bucks game. And I kind of called it a blowout because I just never felt they were going to win. But Aaron reminded me, like, hey, you know, they were down like a, <laughs> they were down eight with five minutes to go. And they were never really out of it. They were and they were ahead in the first half. You're like, yeah, you're right, you're right. I just kind of knew they weren't going to win that game because they couldn't stop, you know, Giannis. And uh, but they got destroyed. Yeah, yeah, but it was bad. Shot but twenty five percent. But they yeah. they they didn't go completely away. And Hart was a big part of that, right? He just kept – one point they had like six offensive rebounds on one possession. They still didn't make it, but you know what I mean? Like they they kept going, (laughs) and that's something, right? Not everyone does that. Down down 12 on the road in Milwaukee without your best player, a lot lot of times this mentality is, even if you don't mean to, is just to say, oh, yeah, this one's over. We got – you know, we got 68 more of these. (laughs) We'll work on that, but – that right. part makes me feel optimistic about uh, the team's ability to hover around 500 and still find their way back. Exactly. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving. You have a happy, happy Thanksgiving. happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, you too. You too. And we will be back next week after this road trip has concluded. And hopefully for the Blazers, we're talking about some positivity moving forward post-Thanksgiving. I'm Aaron Fentress. He is Craig Bernbach. Thanks for listening to the Blazer Focus Podcast, supported by Zoom Care Beyond Better Healthcare. If you like the show, leave a five-star rating and a positive review in Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend. It really helps people find the show and spreads our great banter and genius takes <laughs> to the masses. Happy Thanksgiving. And hit that subscription. Hit that subscription button, and we'll catch you next week.